Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Welcome to another episode of Conspiracy Unlimited Plus for premium subscribers, and thanks for your ongoing support. George Freund is here to discuss Hungarian-American billionaire, investor, and philanthropist George Soros, who's donated tens of billions of dollars of his personal fortune to what are described as leftist progressive causes. And now, anyone who tries to criticize Soros because of his influence is being labeled anti-Semitic. What's going on here? George Freund is a fiercely independent researcher, investigator, and an award-winning blogger. Hey, George, welcome back to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you in these trying biblical times? Well, not too bad at all. I'm inured to the process of what's coming, and uh, so it doesn't surprise me that it's coming, but the severity and quickness in the last months has just been overwhelming that you know to me it just feels like i woke up in a political reindoctrination camp you know we're on the set for the manchurian candidate or political reindoctrination would be better because we're not going out to get anybody and uh you know it's like the island in the in the tv series the prisoner the circles and you know where you can go what you can do and all this sort of thing to you know to me it's it's laughable but to other people who believe it and take it seriously, it's, uh, you know, a terrible, terrible state of affairs, really, because we're being dragged down by this type of thought and panic, and uh, they're, they're using fear as a weapon to divide us, to conquer us. And overall, I'd have to say we are conquered. And it's going to be a very, very difficult way to get out of this or even to bring some sort of public awareness to this save and accept you know true natured uh, truth seekers like yourself who've always stood at the cutting edge of information and facts and uh, bring these things to light to people like that cane that they used to use when you're a stage actor to pull you off the stage uh, you know Maybe some people have it sharpened and weighed in the wings or whatever, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's not there for you because you, you can walk very, very well in spite of all the obstacles. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's just scary, really, that uh, the, the, there's such a war going on. Just like Marshall McLuhan said, World War Three is a guerrilla information war with no distinction between civilian and military forces. And you're another general in another regiment, and I'm a general in my regiment, and uh, we do our best to hold off the enemy as best we can, and uh, we just don't have the budgets that some other people have to uh, stage various coup d'etats and surprising things that go bump in the night. You said something very interesting. It's a, it's a quote I've heard before, but you used it just before we hit the record button, and that is, you can tell who you're controlled by, by those you cannot criticize. And uh, that was in response to, um, I was asking you about a recent panel discussion I saw on Fox with former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, who was talking about the rioters and Black Lives Matter and Antifa, and he mentioned George Soros who has been described as the world's most dangerous billionaire, 
when Newt Gingrich dared to mention that Soros is funding these groups, they basically cut the feed. And this is Fox. This isn't CNN or MSNBC. This was a panel discussion on Fox, and they said, we're not going to discuss George Soros, and they cut the feed. So there's someone you cannot criticize. I thought, we have to talk about George Soros. Now, uh, a few weeks ago, there was some discussion back and forth on Twitter. If you criticize George Soros, does that mean you're anti-Semitic? And I thought, wait a minute. Israel has declared George Soros an enemy of Israel. So Prime Minister Netanyahu is no fan of George Soros. So let's let's talk about him. I wanted to start with his Open Society Foundations. He has donated something like $32 billion of his personal fortune to fund the Open Society Foundations. Can you tell us, sort of peel back the curtain and, and tell us about what George Soros is up to? Well, by and large, he uses these charitable foundations, like other ones, like the Clinton Foundation is used. There's a Pierre Elliott Trudeau Foundation and such like that. Is there ways to move money to more graciously cajole you into their way of thinking? So money is available for projects to lure you into the groupthink, and money is there to block out people who may be hostile to their point of view, which ultimately is setting up a global world society. One of the very earliest ones that he had was another, was Open Russia Foundation, hooked up with Open Society Institutes. And that goes back to uh, the days when they were breaking Russia. And uh, they had an economist come up with a plan called the Shatelin Plan. And the Shatelin Plan was basically uh, to use money as a weapon. And he calls it specifically IMF-style shock therapy. And he quotes that, I was a great supporter of the so-called Shatelin Plan in his book, Soros on Soros. And this is the key to developing a weaponized financial system to break down what you want to conquer and mold it and meld it into you a society you wish, which is a, a country that is controlled by your puppets. And most people know by now, especially uh, after the Bank of England debacle uh, in 92, that you don't mess with George Soros or he's going to wreak havoc on your land and your institutions. So it's probably better to open the castle gates, let him come in, work things out, try to get the best deal you can for yourself or your country, if you're even interested in that, and uh, basically let him rule the, the roost. He reminds me a lot of the mythical character Daddy Warbucks in Annie. That you you know he just go oh, I'm going to call the president and that day FDR and you know tell him what to do give him his marching orders and this is the same way he had many many uh, transits through the White House when President Obama was in power to lay down the vernacular on how the business is going to be run and if you get in his way well then of course things aren't going to go well for you you're going to get reduced funding for elections for things you're interested in and uh, they're going to turn you on your head. But if you dance when he plays the music, while well, the funds are flowing and everything's going to be fine. You'll have a giant political machine behind you with the agitprop in the street to support you and, again, to turn on your enemies like President Trump. And uh, you can put together tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of protesters very, very quickly. There's another group uh, related to Soros and Local Tides Foundation. And in crises past, they were very, very well laid out that they were sponsoring and funding 
the street dramas that we saw, like in Ferguson, Missouri, and places in the past, where we can turn out armies, and we have the control of the media, so they'll report what needs to be reported to weaponize the words and create the narrative that will be in your mind that we're the good guys and the other guys are evil or bad or something of that sort. Right. So we control the world. If you go on to Open Society Foundations, and again, this is Soros's foundation, and $32 billion he's of his personal fortune he's put in this. And it says on their website, under George Soros' leadership, the Open Society Foundation support individuals and organizations across the globe fighting for freedom of expression, accountable government, and societies that promote justice and equality. Now, it's hard to argue with any of those things. That's sort of the official version of what they're up to. But Soros has donated tens of millions of dollars, which is a lot of money at the county level, to elect so-called woke prosecutors in something like 31 cities and counties across the United States. So as an example of Soros's handiwork, we have this St. Louis couple, the McCloskeys, who were exercising their Second Amendment rights. They were brandishing their weapons uh, towards these menacing protesters that had broken into this gated community and they were charged with felony gun crimes by the St. Louis prosecutor, Kim Gardner. Well, Soros funded her campaign. But I find it very interesting, and Newt Gingrich, again, talking about Soros funding Antifa and Black Lives Matter to a certain extent. I don't know that it's been determined to be true 100%, but the fact that you can't even question or criticize is very concerning to me. What have you found out about the Open Society's contributions uh, or partnerships with Antifa and BLM? Well, they are there, but in their worldview, creating the world government, which will be, you know, all anything that is controlled by a small group of people or one individual is a dictatorial government. It's based on sugar and spice and everything nice and the worldview that they have. But the interesting thing about George Soros is in his business plans, he uses the general theory of reflexivity, which is kind of like create a crisis, propose a solution, but it was designed by Karl Popper. Karl Popper also did the, the, the paradox of tolerance. We are tolerant until we run into someone who disagrees with us, and then we have to use whatever means are necessary, including violence, to the nth degree, to put that person out of commission because they interfere with our version of what is true, decent, and proper. And uh, I guess by the same token, because it's a paradox, the people on the other side that they would uh, bemoan would do the same thing, where, okay, you're some kind of crazed rightist or something like that, if they even exist, uh, but you have to take out the lefties and do something like Operation Condor that the CIA did in South and Central America to get rid of them all. And uh, that's some paradox, but it goes with the flow by giving this uh, sugar and spice entity power over us. I don't believe at those levels. I look at George Soros and some of the other billionaires as being the overseers. The left-right paradigm is something for amoebas, and we have this illusion that we live in a free and democratic society, which we don't. There's these string pullers that do it. They're the overseers, and they have free reign over us, but there's something above them even that uh, has the absolute dominance or 
whatever, and I see that in the Bible as well, by being what I found the other species of life on the world. There's the Adam created by God, us, and the Adam HaChadash, the other image Adam, that I believe is the ultimate string puller uh, to this side, to exploit the earth, take its resources, but with a divine mission to subdue and ultimately destroy the original God-created Adam. And uh, this is why we've seen all through history all these horrid, horrid wars or abuses of people's rights. I was doing a show today on Power Hour Nation about genocide with a great author I'd known in the past and figured i got to get him on and, and start to open the door to some of the more recent ones that are going on and talk about these things because I see the whole COVID nightmare, which he's heavily invested into, as a precursor to finalizing and bringing in this world government and making it a complete dictatorial state that he controls. And part of it is like political reindoctrination of us to break all our bonds and connections for fear, because there's two ways to rule, fear and force. So I'm afraid of you because you're a silent spreader. I heard it on the TV. They won't let me hear anything else. They only tell me the one message. They weaponized TV and news to such a great extent. I wish Marshall McLuhan was alive today to write further texts uh, on these issues, but he did say World War III is a guerrilla information war with no distinction between civilian and military participation. We're in the thick of it. We're generals in this war on the civilian side to try to hold back a tempest of a storm that's financed by billions and billions of dollars overall across global media. He also said in his private letters to a priest in Montreal that Satan is the prince of the air, as it says in the Bible, waves. When it says air, it means airwaves. So the ethereal space around us that media goes through is Satan's realm. We are behind enemy lines. <laughs> exactly. I want to get back to Soros for a moment. And in the late 90s, I think 1998, Steve Croft of 60 Minutes interviewed George Soros. Croft asked Soros about his early days. He grew up in Nazi-occupied Hungary. He was 14. And I don't want to use the word collaborator. I don't believe that's fair. Again, Soros is 14. What other choice did he have but to hide his Jewish identity? He then assisted the Nazis to confiscate Jewish property. But again, he's 14. He was trying to save his own life. I don't feel it's fair to go after him for that. I don't think it's fair to call him a Nazi collaborator. But it is fair to go after him if he's throwing his billions around, trying to influence the outcome of elections, and if he is, in fact, funneling money to Antifa and BLM and helping destabilize America. What are your thoughts on the criticism of Soros during World War II? It's in his name, Richard. It's in his name. You must be familiar with the classic alien movie, They Live. Yes. You put on the glasses and you see the signs for what they say. And part of it is obey. Right? Remember the big word, obey. Right. You put the glasses on. Just look at his name. It was changed. His real name was Schwartz. And they changed it to become Christianized. Soros. SS. You can say it backwards or forwards. Doesn't matter. And what's oro? Gold. Money. The riches. And I think he's got it in his name, what he is and what he represents. And he's proud of it. He also they invented a language that was supposed to be, uh, you know, a globalist language. It's called Esperanto, and he's supposed to speak this fluently. And this is, uh, you know, something they use outside of the rest of us so that they can communicate 
without us knowing, just like the computers that uh, took over and invented their own language quickly. So is he part of the uh, the original race of Adam, or is he the Adam Hatchadash? Who knows? We can't really find out exactly. But in Esperanto, they, he says his name means will soar. And uh, in Hungarian, it means next in line or designated successor. Uh, successor or in line for what? The leader of the world, the, the master of the universe. Uh, these are things that aren't put on ballots. These are something we can't even ex- access because if we try to say them, they cut us off or just try to tar and feather people with bad words to say that, you know, you can't go in this direction or we invent a word for you. You'll learn that at the Lenin School of Political Warfare. That's where it was put together to call someone a racist because you shut down their argument. And, uh, you know, my family went to the camps. They were killed. We were killed by the, the Russians on one side, the Polish side, and the Germans on the German side. So it's no picnic. I understand all this. It was taught to me since I was a child, and that's probably why I stand up for it, because I don't ever want to see it again. My grandfather asked me, too, close to his time of death, to say, you know, never again. Don't let it happen again. I was very young then. I was only, you know, 18, 19, and I thought, hey, come on. What could go wrong? We won the war. Everything's over. That's an easy pie crust promise. I never realized in the background it still simmers, that there are forces that... Try to get. As soon as I heard the word New World Order the first time, I go, my God, it's alive. I have to fight this. Can't allow anything to have a New World Order that takes power from we the people and manifests it all for themselves to basically keep us in some kind of serfdom. And whether people know it, can understand it, really doesn't matter. We're the ones who seem to be more literate in understanding of these, these things. We have to fight for it. Like one thing George Soros did that uh, you know, I, I found in my archives from uh, some time ago, was taking over land in the U.S. Midwest, the Grain Belt. There was great flooding back then. And he had a company that specialized in that. It was called Osprey. And Osprey bought a lot of the land so they could control the food. Well, if you control the food, well, it's just like when Russia was controlling the Ukraine. You can turn it on, you can turn it off. And you have mastery over people. That, that It's weaponizing it, if you so desire. But hopefully, maybe when these authors brought these things to light, uh, they had to do the typical communist thing, two steps forward, one step back. He's also buying Patagonia with another billionaire, Joe Lewis, who I wasn't all that familiar with. But uh, they have this giant, like Area 51-style underground place. Chile gave them a naval base. Uh, you know, Lord only knows what's going on down there, but a lot of the very elite rich billionaires are buying land in Patagonia under the auspices of green, it's, you know, to save it and all this sort of thing. But there's a whole lot of tunneling going on. Is this going to be their survival place when they pull the pin on the rest of the world in some nefarious plot? They call a lot of these billionaires, Joe Lewis specifically, is down there called Dr. Evil. (laughs) And probably for no... No, no mistake that uh, the ruthlessness of trying to acquire money, and that's what we brought up in the genocide show we were at, the asset stripping of lands, changing governments with various regime changes to make them compliant, to maximize profit, uh, is, is nefarious. And a lot of Americans don't understand. They were cheated right from the very beginning. And it wasn't until I researched the Magna Carta and I found a, an academic speaking in a field, sitting in a chair all by himself, and he intrigued me to listen to what he had to say. And he said words that 
just should shake you to where the foundations of your feet are. In those days, it was life, liberty, and estate. And the slave plantation owners cajoled it into the pursuit of happiness. So you don't get a piece of the action. The action goes to the elite billionaire class and under license of countries they control, they take all the money that should have originally been destined to we, the people. And if you had a piece of that action, let me tell you, you would never have to really be breaking rocks in the hot sun ever again. You, you would be very, very comfortable. And uh, this was all stolen from us, because even as a child, I could never understand pursuing happiness. I understand life. I understand liberty. But, you know, pursuing happiness, how, what, what's that do for me? You know, and uh, but when I realized it was a state, that was the thing that you have a right to the earth, the ground, and the things in it, and that's taken away from you, and you didn't even know, and no one can explain it to you. And I thank the man who was sitting in the field in Runnymede for explaining that to me, because now I understand a lot of the fights and struggles in South America where indigenous groups go up against a big mining company, and sometimes they're Canadian, to say that that's ours. And you know what? It is under Magna Carta and that style of thinking. Right. Under licensure, it's theirs. And they leave you prostrate and begging in the streets. Let's just come back to Soros for a minute because, again, Soros does donate billions of dollars to what we would call progressive causes. And so now the progressives are, are, and those in the, on the, in the left-wing media are are branding anyone that criticizes George Soros as anti-Semitic, which is kind of ironic because take someone like former Senator Joe Lieberman, who is Jewish, who was the senator of Connecticut up until 2013. He has been very vocal about George Soros, say, saying he's anti-Israel, he's anti-American. Rudy Giuliani, former mayor of New York City, also believes that Soros is anti-American. But is Soros... By funding various causes, is he doing anything illegal? It's not so much that it's illegal, per se. It's a bastardization of ethics, which you really can't define in law. But it's a means to an ends to twist and manipulate the law. Eagleese is a terrible language to twist and manipulate words where you can turn the most vile and disgusting thing into some sort of great, wonderful thing just by manipulating the words and how people interpret them. And uh, he is a master with probably all the uh, intellectuals and law firms that are behind him to do these things and escape the law. And even if you outright broke it, there's no power on earth that can really bring you to heal because you own it all. And you can move from state to state. You're a stateless person. You're, you're almost as good as the queen being sovereign, and, uh, but just by finance. So there's no one who can come after you because you can destroy their livelihoods by buying the TV station or all the media or calling another billionaire who has control over certain assets to just shut you down. Or they put Newt Gingrich and they start to barbecue him like Trump to make him, uh, like in Orwell's Two Minutes of Hate 24-7. Hate, 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 hate. And he's finished, absolutely finished. That's the power they wield. And uh, But the ultimate thing, a progressive is kind of like a soft word to say, uh, Marxist, Leninist, or communist in a way, that you're going to have a world totalitarian system on the left, which is no different. Like my father used to say all the time, the only difference between a communist and a fascist is the color of his shirt. 
and uh, the results are pretty much the same for the people they oppress. You're just dead on the ground. Right. Now, and, if, uh, if Soros or his labyrinth of progressive foundations, if it's demonstrated that they've been funding Antifa or Black Lives Matter, uh, and, and we're not talking here about the protesters. We're talking about people that are looting, that are rioting, uh, that are murdering uh, police officers, etc., if that money could be uh, linked, if Soros money could be linked to any of these activities, that certainly would be uh, a, a criminal activity, I would imagine. It is. They break the law with impunity, like most people speed and break the law with impunity. It was his son, Alexander, that pretty much picked Camilla Harris to be the running mate for Joe Biden. So we've already paid the way for what could be the next president. She's not coming after you. In many other countries where they've exercised that sort of power and control, the new puppet comes in. There's no way they're going after you. The people may say, yes, we're against the law. It's like in our genocide show, you know, we talked about the statutes of genocide. The UN didn't even print them. <laughs> That's how my guest got into this stuff. He goes, wait a minute, there's no copies anywhere. And the elite rich can break these uh, international protocols with impunity, and we can't even get a copy of it. So he printed them on his own and started his own book company to make sure that the protocols of genocide were done until finally the UN cut up with him sometime later. So the law to them, is it means nothing. It's, not, it's barely even muck to get stuck in because they know that they control the system, and by controlling the system, no due process is going to be coming along. I had a fireman on who's you know, taking uh, Mr. Trudeau to court. Good luck. He's, when he went to his court day, they bolted the door shut and wouldn't let him in, and then they're calling his name, and he's beating on the door on the outside, saying he's there, and they're saying he's not, because there's no way they're going to let that charge be laid against one of their faithful. And a man I know from Pakistan was telling me, well, that's common practice in my country. <laughs> they bolt the door in the courtrooms for you, so you can't get in to, to lay your charges or get evidence. Or right. Try to well, use I think we all, to your we all appreciate now that there is this level of corruption up here in Canada, certainly. The RCMP are not going after those in the federal government, and yet here in Ontario, they're promising stiffer fines for those of us who don't wear masks or adhere to the latest dictatorial protocols with regard to coronavirus, and yet it's $200 for an ethics violation if you're uh, the Prime Minister. Now, speaking of the Prime Minister, Trudeau and, and Freeland, who is the Deputy Prime Minister, seem rather friendly and cozy with George Soros. We've seen pictures, uh, photographs of them together. What do you think is going on there? What's that relationship all about? Trudeau, Freeland, George Soros. Bought and paid for. So instead of taking the lumps by standing up against him, they lowered the drawbridge, let him in. You tell us what you need, want, and desire, and you let us rule to the best of uh, our so-called abilities. As uh, you know, that uh, great third-party candidate uh, used to call the giant sucking sound, that's probably then kissing his ring or hand as he comes into the office, and they submit. And he runs the country, basically. So he'll tell you what he needs, and you just are Mr. or Mrs. Fix-It to get it done. 
and we have this illusion that somehow we put a piece of paper in a box and that decided our destiny and, and got us Comrade Trudeau. Nothing could be further from the truth. It is that level, the overseer, the elite rich person. They, they always had a saying among the billionaires, one dollar, one vote. That's a lot of votes. $32 billion? <laughs> we don't even have that many people on the planet. So to, to dominate that, they know if you go against them, Hungary stood up to them. And great pressure was put on the Hungarian government, lots of name-calling and all the rest. But they called them out as a criminal in their own country for fixing and rigging things. And uh, it really didn't get them anywhere exactly, but at least they have the honor of being able to look in the mirror at yourself and say, I did the right thing. Well, it gained them, if nothing else, it gained them the admiration and respect uh, of the state of Israel uh, after they tossed Soros and his group out. Uh, Netanyahu and and, uh, Prime Minister Orban are very friendly. Getting back to Canada and Soros, though, uh, you mentioned the Tides Foundation earlier. The Tides Foundation receives funding from, I believe, from the Open Society, uh, and the Tides Foundation has been very instrumental in in fighting uh, against our oil sands projects up here. So while they think they're being they're wearing white hats, really they're they're working at the behest of the U.S. oil industry and the Rockefellers and. Uh, they want us to keep our oil in the ground so that their their oil is, is worth more. Exactly. And Soros was also big as well in the COVID crisis uh, where he was selling all his stock in Gilead and they were working on a drug called Remdesivir and getting special treatment from the FDA to call it an orphan drug approval with fast track. And then they hooked up with a Chinese company called Bright Gene, and Bright Gene is doing research in China. There's another organization called Unit Aid that came up with something called Patent Share with the WHO, and uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Clinton Health Access Initiative, and then uh, our good buddy Soros bought into a Chinese company, and he will profit from that crime, more or less. And the interesting thing about this company, and I, I don't speak the language, so you know I may not do it too well, but uh, it was called Wuxi Aptech, W-U-X-I, and it's, of course, on a very interesting road, 666 Gao Zin Road East, and uh, Mr. Soros has that on his list of companies, that he's there, so it, it, he pretends that he's getting out of one company, but he gets in on another thing, and then everything just goes in a giant circle to the other side, and uh, you're still there to reap the whirlwind of profit uh, as it's required, but making it look like you got out in 2016. Very, very uh, interesting chap, and there's a lot said about Gilead in the Bible. And because we're going to be forced soon, or they're going to attempt to force us to take this vaccine, uh, you know, one chapter in Jeremiah is very, very clear. Go up to Gilead for Palm, O virgin day, or O virgin daughter of Egypt. In vain, multiply remedies. There is no healing for you. So it's, it's already in there. That, uh, why would you pick that name when you, when you look it up? Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? I think they picked the name very, very well. Your health is not to be recovered. It's to be decimated. 
and they pick that name knowing full well that they can do it, and most people don't know the Bible or don't know some of the words in it. Uh, it's over their head, they can't even catch on, but they may go begging for a remedy from this company, knowing that it's been polluted. But you were unaware of the warning, and you took it anyway. And, you know, it also says everyone at Gilead is evil. Everyone. And that they are, their hands are stained with the blood of victims. You priests are like a gang of robbers in ambush. You murder and commit other horrible crimes. I have seen a terrible thing in Israel, and the unfaithful and unfit to worship me. Your time is coming, and our time is coming, quickly. And uh, it would be better if they had a, a rendition program in, in Bush's day to take some of these billionaires off the streets and take them to Guantanamo for stress positions. And maybe we wouldn't see half the wars or conflicts or manipulations. It would be so great to wake up in the morning and not be a victim of psychological trauma abuse by weaponized media putting together some agitprop on the street to get people to hate and fight each other. Like, I look at that as despicable. I, I can run across people in the street, and we could be friends, we could get along together, we could enjoy each other's company, and then someone tries to plant some sort of divisive thing between us so that uh, by status we have to hate each other or suspect each other or revile each other. And uh, I, I find that abhorrent. Uh, I'd rather smile with people, be happy with people, and enjoy your company than to be uh, you know, weighted down with this propaganda of uh, you know, fighting the Civil War again. It's long, long over. And basically it had nothing to do with slavery. Both sides had slaves. The big thing was it's all these wars are pretty much financial arrangements about who's going to run whose business. And, you know, it's been like that since Waterloo and uh, the notorious family of the day as well uh, that are still in the billionaire class, the Rothschilds, that, uh, you know, they fought, I could never understand, how does one banking empire fund both sides in a war? Because it's only for money. They have no ideals except money. You were probably one of the greatest, and I say it all the time, and I hope people... Uh, you know, that were in power hours fold. I said, if there was ever anything you're going to do to teach your children something at home, even if you just take two clips from the movie network, the vast dominion of dollars and Howard Beale's speech about the media and how they lie like hell. Right, right. If I used to open anything, my radio show with those. Exactly. If there's anything any child should know is those two things. It's the vast dominion of dollars that runs the world. And Mr. Beale sits in the chair in this dark corner. He's meaningless, even though he has 62 million viewers, to stand in front of that power. And the President of the United States, or any head of state, is in the same position as Mr. Beale in that chair. When the money bags people are coming along, you are meaningless standing in front of that vast dominion of dollars. Those projects will go through like a steamroller, and uh, they have their puppets to lie on the corporate-controlled media so that you will believe what they say, because that's part of McLuhan's thing as well. Once you hear it, it's in you. You believe it. Right. The medium well, is the message. You have meddled with the primal forces Most of nature, forces Mr. Of Freund, yeah. <laughs> and you <laughs> must atone. Uh, indeed, indeed. George, how do we uh, listen to you on the radio, and how do we read your blogs? 
Well, my website is www.conspiracy-cafe.com. Power Our Nation is the radio show. And uh, you just go to listen, and all the options are there. We're on radio in Tennessee, Missouri, and Washington State. And pretty much all the podcast options that you've ever heard of are there. Uh, I think they boot our YouTube channel from time to time, so that might not be there anymore. But uh, you have to rock the boat. That's what you got to do, General. All right. Thank you so much, George. Always a pleasure. Be safe. Be God well. Bless God bless you. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.